The end. It's genius. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Yes. It feels really nostalgic to me. Is That's it too nostalgic? The point. Yeah, That's... Are people gonna like it? Fuck them. <laughs> you always say that. Well, I truly believe it. I made you something. For what? For your club. Why does it say Sebs? Because I think you should call it Sebs. What? Because no one's going to come to Chicken on a Stick. Is that a music note? Is it an apostrophe? Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got to be Chicken on a Stick. Mm. Because Charlie Parker got his nickname. Because he loved chicken. <laughs> That's why they called him Bird. So I'm gonna have chicken, beer, jazz, chicken on a stick. I know, I think you should drop the chicken and just have drinks and jazz. And also there I'm not could dropping be, the chicken. You could maybe do it somewhere else. Like find a new spot. It's gotta it's, be the Van Beek. Well, it doesn't have to be the Van Beek. I can't let them sound all over its history. Ugh. I can't do it. You can let them, but you refuse to. The play's incredible. So, uh, I guess I'm leading this on La La Land here. Oh, yeah. You were so dismissive about it. Uh, welcome to Marcus Playing, Dismissive Listeners, <laughs> the podcast you clicked on. Uh, when I, you've been dismissive of my picks pretty much all of them, other than maybe when, uh, when a man loves a woman, because I, I gave, uh, Andy Garcia some play, but. And that's a new one. That was a new one. That's a fresh one for me. Yeah, oh, you're not, uh, no. so you're going in blind. Yeah. And then I slap you around with Wet Hot American Summer and, uh, now La La Land, which you and I both have talked about on other podcasts, right? This is recent enough and it was a big enough movie, uh, that, uh, we're on the record with this one. But yeah, I don't remember your take on it other than when we left this conversation on Marcus Played within our own continuity. You said it's just white people singing and dancing. Um, one, I'm not a big musicals person. I'm, I'm, it's so already I'm on my heels a little bit. And two, just to kind of dive right into it, I think I've said this on True Romance when we did it a few years ago, is that I don't get the romanticism when I'm so angry with the Emma Stone character constantly being such a ingrate, you know, to the <laughs> incredible <laughs> amount of like support that Ryan Gosling gives her. You know, he has one moment where he doesn't come to her show, but the whole time he's. It's I mean, pretty I, big I, you know, I, om- I, I don't want to say this out loud, but I almost want to edit this one, even though it's yours, just to uh, you, throw in the clips he, of him, of that, the constant Ryan Gosling. You say whatever you want, because that, that is music <laughs> to my ears. Like <laughs> shows that I'm, I'm on that other people edit, fine, fine with me. Uh, you know, I will. I, almost, almost. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some material. Uh, I agree with you. I, I feel like when this initially came out that I, there's a lot of stuff that felt extremely forced to me. And they, I mean, they're upfront about it, that they're playing with tropes and the genre, things you've seen before. And I don't think I was as accommodating. Uh, I've only seen this twice. So when it first came out and during the, the big like Oscar push and then that controversy, uh, where it won and then, you know, didn't actually win. So, at the time, it was strange because I felt like I was in no man's land. It was very much a uh, a binary choice. You're either for La La Land or you're against it. Uh, given like a lot of the the horses and the uh, the sort of Oscar Derby type thing, 
Uh, I just felt that it, at the time, failed me as a rom-com. Because I didn't really care if these two got right. together or not. Exactly, I didn't feel yeah. it. And watching it this time, I, I did like it more because uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's removing the expectations uh, or, or just removing the, the, the sort of hype of it at the moment. Like, I, I chose to come back to this and revisit it. And also, there was pleasure in knowing how much you were going to hate uh, watching it again. That, yes, that helps. Yes, there's that. Yeah. Uh, but I had forgotten how many times in the movie the film undercuts the romantic moments or undercuts the the chances of happiness that these two characters have it's almost like a smart ass fucking movie about hollywood musicals and i don't think i ever like hooked into that that feeling the first time around but trouble is that it's so one-sided though that undercutting because it's her that's constantly doing it. She's, <laughs> like they're like i i, I cannot I cannot fathom how someone could she, like. Or, 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 she's writing a script or for a play, which is trash. Um, why they write it? Three people show up, and and you can so hear it's like, the like our show is what you're yes. saying. Yes. Did you know uh, this is? A, let me get into Marcus played. Uh, I, I occasionally look to see like. Uh, usually for this podcast, that's when I open Apple Podcasts to like search for other things, things that aren't already on my Overcast su- subscription list because I find mm-hmm. they're their search engine, I guess, better than, than Overcast to find new things on certain subjects, certain movies for us. And Marcus played, like, I think has like eight ratings. I don't think he has any reviews. <laughs> eight ratings, five, five stars, which are like either us or like friends or probably like previous hosts of the show. It's like, yeah. I'm great. And three one star ratings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So someone took the time and was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> Which what are we doing here? Shouldn't amuse me, but it did to no end because it was, it was, you know, it reminded me of that binary choice of I love or hate this. And, you know, neither one should be accurate. We don't deserve those five star ratings that people we know gave us out of, uh, you know, being decent human beings. But I can't imagine we deserve the hate. And if they did, I would love to know. What they hate about it. I can only assume it was podcasts that were featured when we were talking about ball sacks and buttholes. Yeah, and cuckolding and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably something something along those lines. Oh my god, you 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 uh, shouted me out, tagged me, and then talked about uh, uh, ingrown hairs all, for about two hours. Yep. Uh, that's an immediate five star for me. As you can tell, that's that's the type of podcast I'm looking for every week on the show. So you you absolve, uh, I guess. Ryan Gosling's character, when he's pursuing his Hollywood dream, his version of it, uh, that he chooses to become a sellout for for a time, just the practical uh, yeah. nature of the character to get things going. But isn't that his choice? You know what I mean? Isn't that his choice? The only one who rails against him is her. How's the play going? Um, I'm nervous. You are? Mm-hmm. Why? Because. What if people show up? Pishikaka. You're nervous about what they think? I'm nervous to do it. I'm nervous to get up on a stage and perform for people. I mean, I don't need to say that to you. It's going to be incredible. You don't get it, but I'm terrified. They should be so lucky to see it. I can't wait. Do you like the music you're playing? I don't... I don't know what what it matters. Well, it matters, because if you're going to give up your dream, I think it matters that you like what you're playing on the road for years. Do you like the music I'm playing? Yeah. 
I do. I just didn't think that you did. Yeah, well, you, you know, always said the, Keith is the worst, and now you're going to be on tour with him for years. So I just didn't. I don't know what, what are you doing. No, right if now? you were happy. Why are you doing this? I don't. <laughs> I you thought you wanted me to do this. It just sounds like now you don't want me to do it. What do you mean? I wanted you to do this. This is what you wanted from me. To be in this band. To be in a band to have a steady job, you know, to 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 be, you know. Of course, I wanted you to have a steady job so that you could take care of yourself and your life, and you could start your club. Yeah, so I'm doing that. So I don't understand. Like, why aren't we celebrating? Why aren't you starting your club? You said yourself, no one wants to go to that club. No one wants to go to a club called Chicken on a Stick. So change the name. Well, no one likes jazz. Not even you. I do like jazz now because and of you. And this is what I thought you wanted me to do. What am I supposed to do? Go back to playing jingle bells? I'm not saying that. I'm saying scraping pennies so I can start a club and no one wants to go to. That people will want to go to it because you're passionate about it, and people love what other people are passionate about. You remind people of what. Uh, Not my experience. Like she's the one who belittles him for doing this. She was. She openly. He's like, look, I'm good with it. This is the dream. I'm trying to do it. Uh, and she openly belittles him for selling out. Like, that's his choice. Like, wh- who are you to judge, lady? I always really like that scene uh, when he's playing the, uh, I guess, the version of, like, you know, pop jazz, I guess. Whatever this new form of jazz is, trying trying to get actual young people to listen to it. I do like mm-hmm. there's another character, John Legend, that's like, dude, if it was up to you, nobody would listen to this because you don't want to appeal to anyone else. And it, you know, it did not to put myself in Ryan Gosling's shoes because there's really nothing in common with this. Uh, but it reminded me of myself when I'm like cackling at these one star ratings. We can, <laughs> you know, the, the, and in that sequence you're talking about where the, the, she comes to see the first concert, right? You know, and this is the big, uh, like fire, not fireworks, but the light show and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. What do we see? Her and the audience judging just a disgusted I, look I, on her I face. I love that scene because. What a monster. <laughs> All right. I want to bring in my podcast uh, because we are not talking about uh, any sort of pornographic material yet. So let's just go we ahead and get the talked in. about what the subject is here. Like we're talking about uh, the, what is it? The death of the movie star or, or movie stardom isn't real. Is a myth. Yes. It's a myth. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. No so movie stars. No real movie stars. Not really. Uh, so my, my podcast, um, I didn't find anything as on the nose as I've been doing of late on La La Land directly because Unfortunately, like a lot of them, especially if they were uh, released during the time period that this came out theatrically, talking about the the hype, the Oscar race, that sort of thing. It was the front runner. Uh, does it deserve it? Does it meet all expectations? Blah, blah, blah. So I went with a different movie and I went with Mulholland Drive because I think that is a okay. far, it's a far darker look at, you know, someone coming to become the next Hollywood star. That's their, their dream. And the, the movie itself is basically one long dream slash nightmare. And so this, this podcast is called Moob Tube. Are you familiar with the uh, service Mooby? No. It is like, well, it predates like Filmstruck or what's now like the Criterion Channel, but it's like, you know, for the, the art house hiro. Um, mm. So but, it's curated, you know, it's a. Uh... Yeah, heavily, but I mean, heavily curated in that there's only ever. Uh, like 30 movies on the service and they expire like that like you get a month on the service and then they fall off and but they they put up a new movie every day so if you trust the service you're, you've pretty much like you know if they played the stuff that my wife liked if it was like you know um comedies sort of populist comedies or something 
this is the reason, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love my wife. Uh, she would subscribe to a service like this if it played stuff like Wedding Crashers. <laughs> it was like, she yeah. wants, she wants the service just, just put a square on there that I can click on and tell me what the movie of the day is. So it's trying to combine that sort of movie of the I week like thing. That. I, yeah, I like that because I mean the the Netflix rabbit hole is one of those things. Yeah. You're, so this I spend more time watching looking for something uh, than it drives drives her nuts. So uh that being said, it's extremely, you know, art house. They lean a lot to foreign films, international cinema, all of that. Uh but this this podcast is just doing their version of what I guess has been the mini Netflix podcast models. Like here's what's streaming, here's what we watched. Mm-hmm. Except they're looking at this, you know, more narrow view of like here's 30 films and here here's one that we want to talk about every week. Um, probably far more intelligent than our discussions here, and uh, the accents help. You know, I'm not bringing anything to the table except for some people that like it, but uh, these guys talking about the I guess the art house La La Land in Mulholland Drive. Uh, there's a good phrase in in acting, you know, you uh, you repress, I express. So if there's something that's if the if the actors are not doing something that you that the audience clearly want them to do, then the audience become more and more frustrated. So if you're watching a phone ring, I get it every time you yeah, no one's picking up. Every time you, that you have someone on the phone, someone this happens so much in Hollywood films where someone makes an important phone call, they ring up, the person says hello, and then there's a gap, and you're waiting in that gap for the person. To, to announce themselves. This film then because, is all yeah. about those gaps. This film is all about those gaps and uses those gaps and use it. And these gaps they come from Hollywood. They, I mean, not to not to be kind of um, imperial about it, but you know, Hitchcock and um, and uh, Howard Hawks and like all the great classic Hollywood directors built up these genre tropes and they made this language that's been influential around the world. And and this film goes back to the the source and unfurls all these extraordinary devices. They get into the fact that what Lynch kind of gets away with is he's got this reputation of being extremely weird. And, but he's like steeped in traditions of like classic Hollywood films, like seems to be the things that have influenced him. So he gets away with, heavily subverting them but only by introducing stuff that you're already sort of used to by just being an avid movie watcher you have an expectation that a character will react a certain way and they use this example of like you know if a phone rings in a film you kind of have a certain expectation that a character is going to pick it up within a certain time frame like you expect a degree of normalcy and they were talking about how effective the movie is at introducing those tropes and then pulling back from them. So you have this sort of classic Hollywood dream, and then you're just going to completely like sort of drown this woman in like despair and darkness on her quest for a dream. La La Land, I think, is a far more palatable one, because I can tell you for sure which one my wife would click on, <laughs> on the button she would click was La La Land. But they kind of hit on what I had forgotten about La La Land, that they're going to bruise up these characters that you look at Ryan Gosling and you look at Emma Stone, it's like if they can't fucking make it in this, then boy, like what does what does a normal yeah. person feel like? It feels like they have been factory like installed to be Hollywood stars. And so that's leading me to my subject, which is I don't even know if it's happened for Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone as far as the traditional movie star that you just follow Ryan Gosling from project to project. Because you look at something like even with the same director, Damien Chazelle, and him teaming up to do First Man, 
uh, box office disaster and did not get the award recognition. Like, so there is no carryover. Well, it was effect. boring as hell. But, you know, there's that. <laughs> I'm sure that'll earn us another one star review from some, yeah. <laughs> someone <laughs> on iTunes. Someone who's tearing up about the, the Gosling doing his stoic thing, his uh, his. Uh, 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 winding Refn collaboration thing again, you know, where he just doesn't speak for about three hours. But think back to like someone like an, an Eastwood or uh, God, even going to like a, a Dustin Hoffman that for, you know, in the 70s was a movie star. They have a particular sort of acting style and pattern to like, there's a certain expectation to what you're going to get from a Clint Eastwood performance or I think from you get, role. Like, John Wayne would be the, the prototype here, right? John Wayne is always John Wayne. Uh, but you followed him around. He had a big following. Granted, it's a different era. We had like two movies at a time in the theater or something like that. And they ran for six months. But John Wayne is that prototypical star star, right? I mean, he almost ushered in that era of following a guy around. Do you think it's the uh, just the sheer volume of entertainment now that is sort of a glass ceiling on creating like new above the title movie stars like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone probably should be? Sure, I think that there's something to be said about you know saturation of the market, um, but I think that uh, you know we, there's also the inf- we're in the information age where we know all the ins and outs of how a movie's made and how and the, who the director is and who wrote it. We, we're it's easily accessible information. It's no longer just the poster and the writing on there. We have to kind of figure it out or get Premier Magazine or something like that. Now I can just click on IMDb and go through this person's entire history, look at their you know their fappening nudes and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, there we go. Marcus played territory <laughs> again. <laughs> Which, I mean, er- it, that information is everywhere. So we have a different era. Like, it's just, it almost humanizes them as well. It, it, it brings them closer to us. We have access to Twitter. I could tweet at Ryan Gosling right now or, or, or Emma Stone and shoot my shot. But, um, you know, I probably wouldn't because I don't want to be berated all the time considering, you know, her character in this film. But <laughs> let me ask you this about, when you talk about big stars and... and uh-huh. The biggest star right now, literally, figuratively, the whole way, is The Rock. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. is the box office king right now. And this segues into my podcast, uh, which I'm bringing to the table, and they're called Black Men Can't Jump. I've listened what to they, this show before. Okay. And yeah. they, what they do is they uh, review films about leading black actors, um, and they, they talk about it in, mostly in the context of race. They're very open about it. It's uh, the bumper. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and here they're talking about San Andreas. My thing is, you know... This is a popcorn flick. If you re- if you like, have to turn up your brain a lot to enjoy this movie, right? Uh, and I and I and I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, like, there are parts that were like interesting. I like The Rock, but like, anyway, let's just let's just talk about it. Okay. The, yeah. Wait, but so before I'm, I'm talking about, wait, sorry. Well, just also, I'm probably the only one who experienced the movie then when I watched because I because I was watching it in like in peril the whole time because I uh, hate that so so I, I I'll probably I'll be say this I actually that. the parts that I liked the most were with Paul Giamatti yeah oh he oh god he just he acted that, his ass he destroyed but, but that <laughs> but that makes me sad because the rock is the star of this movie uh one of the hosts uh, I'm not sure which one was was talking about how how he loves the rock. I mean, he lo- he loves you know rock movies, and he does what we were talking about, right? Follows the rock and watches his shows and stuff like that. But in this movie, he's far more intrigued by the the Giamatti character <laughs> than the rock, and that kind of flies in the face of 
this movie star thing, this aura around Dwayne Johnson, right? Where we we follow his movies, we love his stuff, but in his own movie, he's not he doesn't have the meat or the gravitas to to drag us in. Do we need that? Do we need our our big stars to be why where, where's John like he could Rock could be John Wayne. John Wayne wasn't doing anything crazy. Rock could be that guy. But now we want our actors to do to be, you know, they, a sort of a hybrid of the Rock and Daniel Day Lewis. You know what I mean? Like mm. they want more substance to uh, to these characters. Unless you're gonna put a cape on them, then there's that. Yeah, uh, which I, I mean, there, there's news out now that the uh, the Rock, you know, they're finally moving forward with him doing something with uh, DC as the, the Black Adam character in Shazam. So I mean, eventually it'll even get the best of us, uh, including Dwayne Johnson. But uh, I I just have to give uh, credit to. Uh, <laughs> this podcast not going the same direction as uh, I would because you started saying that and I'm like oh yeah Alexander Daddario of course yeah obviously the rocks overshadowed and then I was like Paul Giamatti was he in that movie like <laughs> he's like the weatherman or something <laughs> you know it's funny you bring up the Dario uh, there was a one of the hosts had an extensive rant about the Dario and how is the Dario the product of the Rock and Carlo Dugugino because she's like super pasty white like how did that happen you know. Maybe it's almost you know, like offensive, you know, it's like eh, whitewashing or a little bit. Of, it wasn't offensive to me. I mean, what? oh, I'm not offended by uh, the Dario. I never will be. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, that, that's the that's the hashtag true detective David Lynchian, right? Subverting your expectations of what <laughs> the rock can produce as far as what his daughter would look like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, throwing yeah. a twist in there. Um, I mean, I think you've got something with like it wouldn't have been a problem for. Dwayne Johnson in the eighties. Like, I don't think anyone had an issue with Arnold, uh, going from like, you know, commando to predator, uh, term, you know, playing very similar roles yeah. as far as, you know, the, uh, the big dude, like the big guy who's going to, yeah, he had punch like a a lot one name too. It was like in, in predator, he's Dutch in commando. He's matrix. It's yeah. always the yeah. ridiculous one name. It's literally the same character. But, you know, I, I don't think it's that far off either from, like, what Ryan Gosling is kind of doing in La La Land. Like, his performance in, like, it's different from The Rock. Saving but, Jazz. But, well, like, that sort of manic energy is maybe turned up a little bit in Nice Guys. But it definitely still has that Ryan Gosling persona, or at least his style of, of comedy. Now, it's obviously different from like half Nelson or like Lars and the real girl. But, uh, I, I feel like La La Land, this is Gosling putting his best foot forward as far as taking that leap to be like above the title movie star. Uh, Emma Stone, I don't, I don't know. Does she have like an outlier kind of perform? Like, I feel like she's crafted this kind of persona with this, like kind of sense of humor, this charm. Uh, I don't know if she's done her version of like, uh, you know, Meryl Streep and like makeup or something or putting on different accents. Yeah, I'm going through her uh, IMDb, maybe Gangster Squad or something. I don't know what. I mean, she's gone back to Zombieland again. Um, the Favorite. How about that? That was a little different. Yeah. But still kind of a quirky-ish character. Kind of funny. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just a, a problem of uh, the audience or if it's like what we're comparing now is – like uh, akin to like network television, like when you hear like Seinfeld had like, I don't know, 80 million people watch the finale. Well, nothing's ever going to compete with stuff from that time period again, or like the end of MASH, you know, two decades prior to that, 
because there's just more options. Like uh, you're, yeah, you don't have right. this like sort of tunnel vision as far as like everyone's going to be watching the same stuff. Uh, so, I mean, the democratization of entertainment is cool because of the little properties you get, but it, it does feel like there's a somewhat last gasp uh, of like crafting like the next big movie star. And if, even if you do, they're not playing, they're not selling out the same, you know, venues, if you will, as stars of previous era. Like when you bring up John Wayne, we probably will never have another John right. Wayne like icon. I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, we had that era of Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington and those guys um, that really put butts in the seats. But even now, look at the the second Jack Reacher was a hideous, hideous abomination of a movie. <laughs> and Tom Cruise is right there front and center. I mean, his his little body's right there on the top of the poster. What what has happened to you during uh, the COVID age here? You, uh, you've become extremely, extremely negative. Like even when you the, – the subject matter is not to be negative. You get in these little – jabs and these little it's like you're walking around with like a, a little shiv and you just walk up and silently stab them like you know, in the side and then walk on uh i imagine you as like don Cheadle, like from out of sight do you, do you remember that sequence where he just yeah quick and efficient you know that's like i like i like it was my time in the prison yard has really hardened me this is covid <laughs> is uh is my alcatraz <laughs> but i you know who who is uh who is giving you pleasure as a movie star now? Like who, who is someone that without a, uh, a hook without a premise, maybe just a title and like, Hey, this person's in this movie coming out in August that you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to check that out. I'm the wrong person to ask this because you don't have movie I mean, stars. I, I, I'm a DDL guy, you know, and I'm a Daniel D. Lewis comes out of his, his cave once every oh 10 years. God. It gives me the goods. Look at the phantom thread. How awesome was that movie? So you need event status for your movie stars as well okay all right i i mean i'm a rock guy i like the rock i like his movies but i don't like i i can't bring myself to go into the fast and the furious things but i do like his gorilla movie the san andreas movie i like what i even went to the theater and saw baywatch um, i like that persona charisma that he brings to the thing so I, i'm not looking for I, if i want my thespian i know where to go get him i'm gonna go throw in the the the, the daniel day lewis special of the boxer or whatever it is but for dumb fun, I'm going to The Rock. I'm going. I'm still going to Tom Cruise. Denzel comes out. I'm watching him. Um, for the young guys or young gals, I don't know. I <laughs> no clue. He's really embracing this grandpa Hiro. Uh, yeah, and I, by the character. way, I heard that nonsense <laughs> on but. Sober Cinema. We we've and we've continued to run with that as well. Oh boy, can't wait. <laughs> I, I think that that's something. That I, I like about the, uh, I guess the downer, um, not just ending, but just the downer nature of La La Land on repeat is I felt like they're, you know, Damien Chazelle is very kind of knowing that what they're selling here, uh, is even more of a fantasy today than it probably ever has been. I mean, the, the chances were minuscule even back in the, you know, classic, the, the golden years of Hollywood that you'd be discovered and become, uh, I don't know, like Lana Turner or something like that. But now, uh, even more so. Uh, but I mean, do you see that as like a problem or, you know, do, are you, do you think we're getting more diverse voices out now, even if they're just not going to ever reach John Wayne levels? I mean, John Wayne, not known as being <laughs> the most diverse or progressive. <laughs> I've always, and, and I hate saying this, and I go back to old man hate. 
I always disliked John Wayne. I just I did too. because I was an Eastwood so guy. one note. Yeah, I, I mean Eastwood. You know that that's uh, not a good example for your your reasoning there, but that's it's probably just like the westerns my dad liked. He liked Eastwood. He liked the spaghetti westerns. So that's just what I watched. And John Wayne, even though he's not that far off time period wise, felt like oh that's the old western that's the older version and i'm coming at it as clint eastwood spaghetti westerns still predating me by you know well two like decades years, or more yeah. yeah um but yeah I, I think there's you know i do wonder what the next generation of cinephiles um who their their guys or gals are going to be who, who are their because when you mentioned like tom cruise and i i go back to arnold like that's kind of our childhood like there were yeah. still genuine like sort of you know the next arnold movie or the next tom cruise movie uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I ever hear anyone saying like, oh, I can't wait to see what Ryan Gosling does next. Even if they like him as a performer, I, I don't know if that's talked think, about in the same way. As, to take a look as a, as a case study, look at Will Smith, right? I think that there was a time period there where, you know, Men in Black, Independence Day, he was, he was sort of meteoric. Mm-hmm. And he really hit this peak where he was he was one of those guys that you would go out and see his movies. But then... Here we are today where, you know, Suicide Squad opens up and you know, he's just not that guy anymore. It was the Gemini Margot Man, Robbie. Which, I mean, she's yeah. the one that broke out from that. Like, I mean, she's right. the one that got the sequel. Uh, I would blame that on parenting. He had kids Uh-oh. and he tried to, to manage his kids, uh, you know, acting careers. And he took a lot of time off. Um, and Dealing with those entanglements. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it. You know, uh, you know, that, that's actually a pretty good lead in to the, the next film we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you can have more than one love, you know, at, at a time. Yeah, it's all good, man. We're very progressive here at Marcus Played. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, you know, I, I, he, he doesn't, even him, he's a very magnetic guy. You know what I mean? Especially on screen. He's got the charisma. He's got the chops. He's a very good looking man, big buff, you know, doing all this stuff. And even then, he just, you make one bad choice or a couple string of bad choices, you know, because he was chasing the Oscar pretty hard with collateral beauty and uh, seven pounds and things, movies like that, where he mm-hmm. tell the truth that uh, was, what's that movie concussion. called? Concussion. Concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Although if you mentioned concussion to me, it would take me a second, but you know, since you quote the big trailer line, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's, that was, yeah, uh, that's the joke. And then that's what that movie became. And, and even he's not, big enough to carry and you're right maybe you know diversification of our of our star power is sort of where we're going now and it'll just go more and more because you know and also things have migrated to television right we're in the john ham golden era of television for now a better part of a decade you know migrated to youtube or twitch streamers like you know there are people that (laughs) have uh tens of millions of subscribers and hardcore fans i have no idea who they were like now as a kid i may have never seen a john wayne movie but i still know who john wayne was like that was the power decades later and i i don't know uh, how i feel about that if i was uh next up on marcus played the logan paul episode (laughs) (laughs) brought to you by michael denniston (laughs) we have to get those itunes ratings up somehow Uh, somehow and look he's the one he's the it's their fans that are giving us the one stars why aren't you talking about uh boo boo kitty fucker whoever it is i don't know I don't know who the I other. I mean, you've YouTube already sided are. with Ryan Gosling as far as like sell out, you know, get the thing going. Uh, then we can have our our little jazz club and uh, you know, be nice and settled. Maybe not famous, but we got what we wanted. This is our jazz club, isn't it? You know, or just they're sad in the back. We take the opportunity to get in front of the mic every now and then, serve up some cheap chicken or something mm-hmm. like that. And 
you know, let those stars be the stars. I mean, honestly, I think we're still at that point in the uh, the movie where Gosling is just ranting to a, an extremely bored Emma Stone about jazz while other people are playing. Because, I mean, what <laughs> the premise of our show is not only to talk about things we didn't create, but talk about the people who are also talking about those things that they also didn't create. And uh, it leads to many one-star reviews. On yeah, Marcus no, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, um, I feel for Ryan Gosling. Not only is he, you know, <laughs> our Emma Stone is right there giving us those one stars the whole way. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I'm going to give you all this great uh, support about your script, and then I'm going to tell you how stupid the name of your club is. No, you're stupid. What are you doing? Ah, what a nag. That's the worst. I feel like you're just mad about the, uh, the, the chicken idea being scratched. I knew that was the biggest offense. I got Korean fried chicken today. Delicious. Love it. Put it on the plate. It's perfect for jazz. I, I mean, a little fun, upbeat, a little crunch of the chicken. I love it. Coming soon to the show will probably be a, a month-long excursion into Chef, like an actual minute-by-minute podcast on Chef, because I feel like uh, I, I've led you down this path of despair, which is actually the the, the theme of the this particular episode, uh, but we've got to lighten it up somehow. So what? Yeah. What are we? What are we doing next, Hyro? So, so you teased it out a little bit, you know, it, it teased out the entanglements, <laughs> the diatribe <laughs> that we went on there. That was you, Mister Us Weekly, staying on top of all the gossip. I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm stuck in this hole. Like, I get out <laughs> once in a while to get groceries, sneak in and get a beer every now and then, all by myself in the corner of some bar, trying not to catch COVID. What else am I going to do with the scroll the, the, on my phone and look up uh, who's banging whose wife and all this nonsense? I'm not, I'm not judging you. I mean, whatever you have to do to keep your sandy. I'm defending myself here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel like now you are in the stone again, just attacking me. <laughs> just nagging me down. No, we're going to talk about a uh, little, little uh, what do you call it, polyamoric uh, relationship action there. You know, get into the into the People magazine. We're gonna, I don't know how we got this. I, that, did we talk about this on the mic last time a couple episodes ago or something like that oliver stone savages the only thing i got in response to you and i, I still don't think i even had a uh, a title for the uh, the particular theme of the episode uh you just really want to talk about blake lively that's all i knew and i i didn't oppose this there was no well, it's, nay vote here the, what i what i'm going with here is um too many super chickens so what i mean by that is there are these movies that come out where you've got these huge heavy hitters like stocked full of really big stars like here you got gosling and stone and you know a couple of john so you're, you're going for the buffet model here yeah so we're looking at the buffet model like how you can have basically a murderer's row you know the 1920s yankees coming up at you and you kind of don't know what to do with too many super chickens in one movie well we'll we'll get into it on the next episode i can just uh give you a little preview uh i could not find uh, podcast on savages it was me savages 2012 oliver stone savages uh i could not find a recent one talking about this fucking movie so that'll be us for the savages super fans we'll be there and we'll accept your <laughs> one-star ratings <laughs> <if you> so, <laughs> so choose <laughs> jesus oh god 